0: and welcome back to another episode of the Public Sector Heroes podcast. This is your host, Frank McNally. We've got a very special guest with us today, the Oprah
1: of government contracting. Jenny Clark, welcome to the show. Oh, Frank, I'm so excited to be on this because I had no idea all the things that you were doing at Public Spend Forum and GovShop. And every time that we talk, I find out about, you guys are doing that too? (laughs) Well, we're moving fast and definitely
0: like kind of like a duck on the water where we're looking calm on the surface and, and pedaling fast below the water. Um, and so uh, it's awesome to hear that, that you're seeing these features. And um, I think we'll be able to talk about that a little bit on the episode today. Uh, like I said, we're, we're happy to have you on the Public Sector Heroes podcast. We like to feature people that are doing great things in government contracting, whether that's public sector leaders in government, you know doing the things that they do or folks on the industry side doing the things that you do which from what i understand is really about connecting and creating opportunities for contractors to be successful in this industry
1: well you're right about that frank what i'm really working on is creating i'd call it a virtual accelerator network we know there's pockets of people helping that helping contractors all over and every time I turn around I find somebody else that wait a minute you need to know that person. Hmm. And I've gathered this group and put it together and it'll be a virtual accelerator network that we're putting on in April called GovCon Summit. But the whole purpose is to connect government contractors with the resources and the relationships so they can grow their revenue faster.
0: Excellent. What what are some of the key resources that a company needs when they're deciding to take on the government uh, market?
1: Well, the first thing they need to do is decide where they wanna go with it. And what I did is I created something I call the GovCon small business growth model, because there's a series of stages. And so often a small business that's getting started will get lots of advice from people that doesn't apply to them yet mm-hmm. and they end up wasting a lot of time and it's just like it's kind of like when you go to the family reunion and all the time everybody's trying to give you advice yeah none of it is useful because yeah. they don't understand what you're after right
0: right there's something they say about advice I don't think I can say it on this uh, particular podcast but um but it's uh but yeah everybody has advice or everybody wants to tell you what you should do but there's so many things that a new business entering the government market needs to do that if the advice isn't sort of sequenced in a way that kind of feeds it to them in, in doses and, and when it matters for their business and when they need to be doing it, it'd just be overwhelming. And in my opinion, a lot of people churn out because they just get this abundance of advice and they're like, I don't know where to start. I don't have time for this. This is crazy. So what what's the sort of the first thing that that folks should do? like I know it's a generic question, but um, what should a new business make sure they do right at first?
1: The number one thing they want to figure out is why do they want to go and work for the government? Mm-hmm. What, what are they looking for? What problem will they be able to solve? And some companies will have started a business and decide to go toward federal. Others will say, that's where I'm going to begin with. So in that startup mode, they need to be able to answer the question, what is my business going to accomplish? And then they're starting the paperwork for federal contracting, getting registered in uh, system for award management, getting their credentials in a row and all of that. And I call that all part of the startup. There are free resources for so much of that. And that's really what I like people to do is focus first on getting with their procurement technical assistance centers and other free resources to get that stuff out of the way. Because there's not a shortcut, is there?
0: Mm-mm, no way. I mean, what you say is so important. Why do you want to get into government? Some people will be like, oh, you know, it's just, I heard I can get all these contracts. I've got a, you know, a socioeconomic designation and some people say I should, you know, I should join. And, and while we, you know, obviously think the set aside and contract assistance programs are excellent resources, if you don't know why you're going to go in and if you can't really map your unique value prepos- uh, proposition, to what agencies are buying, it doesn't matter what socioeconomic disadvantages you have, you'll never win contracts, So just spin your wheels. Uh, so one thing we try to do is provide practical advice. And I've been working on a 10 a, a week email boot camp that new businesses can sign up for, and it just sort of walks them through the process. But one, one thing is like, where do you go to get information about what agencies are buying and, and to determine whether or not what you offer is a good fit?
1: Well, you know, that's such a great question because you can go so many different places and if you're not focused, you're not going to get what you want. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, it's just like any other kind of market research you do to figure out where your customers are and what they buy. And what I hear a lot of people doing is first, go get some help by going to some place like a PTAC that helps do the market research for you. And that is so valuable because otherwise you're spending a lot of energy looking at a humongous market.
0: Definitely. half Definitely. A billion dollars, or no, I'm sorry, half a trillion dollars in the federal government alone, that doesn't even account for state and local, which is a great resource as well for new businesses. So you might have opportunities in your backyard um, that these PTAC centers, the Procurement Technology Assistance Centers can help you access.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned the backyard because another thing that people will talk to me about is that they went and found the agencies and then they said, but I'm in Indiana and I don't want to do work in Hawaii. Okay, well, that's why you need to go back to your original business plan mm-hmm. and say, what do I want to accomplish? Where do I want to work? How fast do I want to grow? How big do I want to get? Because a lot of companies are started because the founders have, a, have decided they want to continue serving the federal government. And maybe they have an idea that they want to work for a group that they are very familiar with, that they still have relationships with. And a lot of the veteran business owners that I work with are like that. Mm. They know the, the function that contractors play in supporting military missions. And they said, I can do that cheaper and faster. That's where I want to work. But it's when companies come in and they haven't narrowed it down. To what they want to do. And narrowing it down is really the biggest piece of it, don't you
0: think? I I 100% agree. You can find hundreds of opportunities that seemingly match with what you offer, whether it's a service or a product. But think about it. What are your realistic chances? How much bandwidth do you have to pursue tens of opportunities? Not enough. And so small businesses, especially new to government, can really get caught in that fire hose of opportunity trap where they're like, oh, everything you know looks good and I wanna pursue it all. But that's just a recipe for disaster. You really need to be looking forward to one or two or three opportunities that you can tailor um, and pursue as a, as a prime or part of a really dynamic contracting team. Now, one question that always comes up, I see it all the time is if I'm new to government, and have no past experience will i even have an opportunity to win a government contract i'm going to let you answer it because i think you have great expertise here uh, my answer to that is usually yes you can win you can win it's difficult but you know why not consider teaming or subcontracting just to get some transactional history and then at least you'll have something to show when you when you do go forward on on a prime contract but w- what advice Sort of, do you have on tackling that sort of uh, uh, predicament—the the no experience and but still able to deliver?
1: Well, that's a great question because you know how you're always talking about. Um, you know, when I got out of college, I didn't have any experience, couldn't get a job. Well, eventually, somebody hired me, right? Right. It's the same thing in federal contracting, but it's certainly a lot easier to go to the large primes and get on their list. And develop relationships with them because they have certain criteria they're needing to follow to do that you get a lot of guidance you get a lot of information more quickly and to me it's more like the money ball strategy Mm -hmm. you know I can either say I'm gonna get all these giant big hitters pay a lot of money and maybe I'll get home runs but it's more likely that if I spread my resources I play the odds I get up to bat I get as many hits as I can I'm gonna have a better strategy and better outcome because it's all about how you move through the process mm-hmm. and how consistent you are.
0: I love that money ball analogy. I love the book, I love baseball, I love government contracting. So you really hit for the cycle on, uh, on that one and I couldn't agree more. You, you know, winning your first government contract is not gonna be a $10 million deal uh, in all likelihood. Like you're gonna to need to hit some base hits you're going to need to get on. You're going to need to strike out a few times, uh, no doubt about it, because that's how we learn. But finding primes that, that, uh, that need to differentiate themselves or are open to bringing on a new teaming partner can get you that transactional history, but it can also get you on a contract. You'll have an opportunity to talk to government people. You might have an opportunity to get in a building somewhere, but at the very least, you'll see how things work You'll earn a little bit of revenue and then you'll gain the trust of a, of a larger prime. Where can companies go to find these larger prime opportunities? What do you recommend there? Are there, you know, resources that companies can use?
1: Well, it's all about relationships in this market. And what I usually tell people to do is go figure out who they want to do some work for. And let me just use Orlando as an example. Okay. Orlando has PEO Strive, which is Army, and not TSD, which is Navy. They're a small business specialists that um, meet on a regular basis, pre-COVID, of course, mm-hmm. and, and offer um, op- upcoming opportunities and tell people what's coming up. Well, when you go to those events, they're called Pulse, you would meet everybody else in the room that's looking at that. So different size companies as well. It's not just the large primes, but there are a lot of prime contractors that are not huge themselves. It's about really finding your team, your people that you connect with, and developing those relationships. Because that's the thing is you can't just walk up to somebody and say, hey, Frank, I'm a small business. I'm a woman-owned small business. How about you give me a contract? How many times do you hear something like that, Frank? And how many times do you listen?
0: Absolutely. You know what, the the, the primes and the, the companies that have government contracts have it for a reason. They're looking to strengthen their advantages and differentiate themselves in a way that makes sense. Um, and so that's why you you kind of have to identify the companies that you think have contracts that make sense for you, understand what they do, and really figure out what you do that's different and that can help them so that you're not just approaching them by saying, you know, I'm a woman-owned small business, I'm a service-disabled better owned small business, Duh, hire me. Instead, you're going and you're saying, hey, we understand you do XYZ services, you know, we have a, a really uh, differentiated approach we'd like to tell you more about, And you know, oh, by the way, we, we do have our, our socioeconomic designation, so that can create subcontracting credit opportunities for those prime vendors, and they're always on the lookout to diversify their team. I, I spent time at a big four uh, consulting company. Um, We were a large business. A lot of the opportunities that we wanted to pursue were set aside for small businesses or had really aggressive subcontracting goals. We were always willing to listen to small um, and socioeconomically disadvantaged businesses, but only if they had a good pitch. Like We knew how to sniff out the ones that really weren't ready for prime time. And that's, I think, something that that people like yourself, Folks like, like, uh, like what we do at Public Spin Forum, that's kind of what we want to do is make sure that you're ready for prime time. And so when you do get your at-bat, you have a fighting chance of getting on base.
1: Well, I'm really glad that you brought about uh, getting being ready for prime time because you've got to um, be able to bring to that prime some knowledge If I show up in your office, I've done zero research about what kind of work you do. What are the latest few contracts you've won? I'm wasting your time and I'm not going to get anything from that. I've got to do my homework. The other thing that I also see and I'll talk to people about is what is the trade-off? What are you bringing to them that they can't get on their own? Mm -hmm. And your example was so correct about that. Are there small business uh, activities that a small business could go after that would benefit from a large teammate. Because as a small business, I can't keep doing everything. I'll never grow. Mm -hmm. So take a look at what some opportunities are that fit you that say, this would be a great opportunity for us to work together. The other thing is you are definitely starting a new relationship. Uh, First, it's a matchmaking and then it might be a dating but it's a long way around from marriage and you really want to do a lot of dating, right?
0: Yes. Yes. I think so. A lot of swiping, right. Right. (laughs) Finding the right matches.
1: Absolutely. Because the other thing that people tell me is, Oh my gosh, well, we went and talked to this company and they wouldn't return our calls. They sent us a lot of paperwork. They did this, they did that. And then we went to somebody else their attitude was totally different. Well, which one do you want to do business with? You want to do the business with the ones that are easy to work with. And a lot of times it's just the way they're, they're, they're uh, set up or the way that you're set up. There's so, got to be such a level of trust because why should a large business take a chance on a small business? A large business is very risk averse. They've got to chain the command. They've got to prove how they're investing their time and energy. Yep. And honestly, I can't afford to pick up every little kid and carry them along, right?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, when they, if, if and when they do make the decision to bring on uh, your company as a subcontractor, they are responsible for you. The, the government has no privity over the subcontractor. That means that the prime vendor is hiring you and they are speaking to the government on your behalf. They are te- attesting on your behalf. So you, your performance, impacts their past performance in a future opportunity. So you mentioned the speed dating, the matchmaking. I bet there's people in our audience right now that are listening, thinking, where can I go to do that type of speed dating and matchmaking? So Jenny, you told us about an event coming up in April, the GovCon Summit. Is that a place potentially where we could do that
1: matchmaking? Oh, it absolutely is. So I've run GovCon Summit for the past five years. And this year, it's going to be virtual, obviously. Yes. And I've had to be more creative than I had it in the past. What I've actually done is gone to people, getting them signed up early so I can do some research and say, if I was going to match you with somebody, what do I need to know about you? And I've asked them for their CAGE code so I can identify them easily. I've asked them what their primary NAICS code is and where they want to be working, what are some agencies that they're targeting? Because I wanna make sure that if we're running a matchmaking session, that I at least divided people up into Mm -hmm. smaller groups so I'd have a little bit better opportunity to make the right introductions. That's the other part about it is, it's so much easier if I've given somebody a warm introduction in January, February timeframe, before they're going on a date in April. They, they should be a, a, have their time to do their homework and understand because otherwise what happens is they're, they're, they're being matched to the wrong people. and it's like, Jenny, if you had told me that, I wouldn't have bothered matching that person up that way. So it's a little bit of people whispering in my ear and telling me what they're looking for. But I also am determined, to match people up on opportunities they wouldn't find on their own. And that's why I'm so glad that GovShop and Public Spend Forum's part of that because you guys have superpowers. Uh, We do. You do, absolutely. One of the things that we've been talking about all along is how do we make the marketplace instead of being half a trillion dollars, how do we break it down into smaller segments? And what you guys have done is basically taken the tools the government has under system for Award management, and you've added some pieces to give them superpower. And you're actually training people how to pick the keywords so they can be found by other subsets. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that?
0: I, you know, I would love to. I thank you for bringing it up. GovShop is is kind of the tool that we use uh, to help connect buyers and suppliers in the public sector. Uh, and And, you know, it's not just Buyers looking for contractors, although that's how we designed it, Um, you can create a free GovShop profile, describe your company uh, in sort of what we like to call a digital capability statement. And then when company, I'm sorry, when when government contracting officers are doing their market research and looking to determine uh, whether there's enough companies in a particular industry to make a set aside decision or find companies to send a sources sought notice so they can get information back about their requirement, they can search GovShop by keyword or commodity code and literally find companies that match that. So if you're not in GovShop, you're missing opportunities to be matched to future opportunities, but you're also missing opportunities to get matched by people like yourself when you're doing these matchmaking exercises. So GovShop, is an awesome resource that every company should take advantage of. It's like a LinkedIn and Google specifically for government contracting. And, uh, and it's perfect for research. Like you said, you wanna get matched, you wanna learn about what other companies are doing, GovShop's your, your resource. So it sort of pays to be on it um, and, and maybe it'll lead to some matches and uh, an invitation to the GovCon Summit in April. So tell us more about how to get involved with that. What's the cost? What are the details?
1: Well, thank you for asking me that. So GovCon Summit is a way for companies to be showcased Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as I'm targeting small businesses and in professional services and IT. And I chose that because so many of them hire veterans. And that's what gets me excited is seeing um, veterans growing their businesses in federal contracting and being able to have an impact on something they also care about. And so to to be a part of GovCon Summit, you have to go to solvability.com slash GovCon Summit, all one word. We've got all the information on there, but what I've done is I've gotten together with, there's six of us, and we had a book last year. We're doing another book that comes out in February, and what we've done is we've made up the topic so that the, the, the book we're creating, Becoming a GovCon Expert, How to Accelerate Your Success in Government Contracting, is all about chapters written by each one of us about how to get there and how to get there faster. The reason we did that is because it is so hard to find comprehensive information out on the internet. If you just Google, how do I win a government contract? That is way too broad. And what we're always looking for is, how do you connect with other people that are interested in helping you move forward for that? That's really another reason why GovShop's been so important It's because you've created another layer to help people find their way. And that's what's been so important. Everybody wants to be able to do, have options about how do I get set up? What do I do next? And where do I go? But every time they make a step and they move up to the next level, hey, guess what? The rules have changed. Before you were just a startup. Those are the games you played. now. Now you're in a second stage and I call the second stage traction from 10 to 50 employees or whatever, because the people that started the business are the ones that are still doing all the business development, all the proposals, all the billing, everything. And that, those two stages are the hardest to get through. And what we want to do is make it possible for more companies to succeed faster. And that's why it's so important to have tools like Upshot.
0: Fantastic. Well, we will put the uh, the link to the GovCon Summit in in the story notes here to make it easy for everybody to find it. And I, I definitely encourage you to check that out. Uh, sign up if it if it makes sense. Um, it, it is is it an open sign up or is it
1: by invitation only? It is an open sign up, and I've got um, a lot of add ons that I'm offering people. But we are going to have matchmaking. Great. We've got. Um, uh, sessions developed around the smaller the smaller companies, mainly from the 10 to 50 employee companies, because those are the ones where there's a very specific set of activities that if you put them in the right order and you go at full speed, you can succeed. And if you kind of mess around, you don't get there. You don't get there fast enough. So yes, it's a, it's on my website solvability.com govcon summit. People can sign up. There is a fee to participate. But what I've done is we've got a book in there. We've got um, strategy sessions. We've got a lot of things that are really designed around this size company. So often people go to the large conferences, which are great, mm-hmm. but you can't find the people that are at the same stage as you, where you want to share some information. And what I look at this as is thinking about people coming into. to, uh, GovCon Summit and saying, Jenny, I have this specific problem, and I want to be able to say, I think you should go over there and have a conversation with Vernon. He's going to be able to tell you exactly what you need. And by the way, Vernon Green's on the Inc. 5000. Might want to find out how he got there, because if that's your ambition, you better get started.
0: I mean, learning from our peers and from each other is such an important thing. Uh, it's it's not only insightful, but it's also gratifying and uh, humbling sometimes to learn that people that are on those lists today had the same struggles that you're having right now. So I definitely encourage everybody to learn from their peers. Um, we're coming up against the end of our time. So I want to ask, uh, because I think it's it's an important question, but if you, if you could encapsulate this for us, what do you think is the number one mistake that companies make when they make that decision to to get into the government contract space. What's that, what's that crucial error that they want to avoid?
1: The number one mistake is not doing their homework to understand the market and where they want to take their company. And whenever you start a business, you think about what resources are available to me to learn. Oh, you'll say the Small Business Administration has a lot of free resources. You may talk about the, um, a local chamber of commerce and some of those activities, but here's the deal. Government contracting is its own market. Yes. And it's honestly backwards because you do not sell to the government. You figure out a way to back in to how the government buys. Yep. And if you don't understand that the government marketplace is a totally different animal, highly regulated, and long sales cycle, by long sales cycle, 12 to 18 months easily, you're going, to be, you're going to be crying in the corner for a long time because you will have spent a lot of time with no traction. So you've got to be working with people that are totally dedicated to federal contracts and give you the guidance that you need. Did yeah, that answer your question? That
0: absolutely did. You know, and in a lot of ways, you really should start your government contracting ambitions long before you need the money to support your lifestyle because it does take forever to, to get that first contract um, and uh, I don't think people always recognize that. So doing your homework, identifying you know where how your unique value proposition maps to something that an agency needs to buy or that a prime vendor needs to buy, um, great advice. Not as as easy to say as it is to do. And so I think that's one of the things we're going to focus on in our ten week boot camp: is how do you do that homework? Where do you look? What are the resources? And so. It is a free email bootcamp, and it is jam-packed with content. So I I, uh, I I encourage anyone with with GovCon curiosity to sign up on that, um, and to consider the Solvability uh, GovCon Summit. Because if you're if you're there, if you're just this close to to getting that first contract or breaking through, this level of matchmaking and curation that you provide may be the thing that just pushes you over the hump. So. I applaud your efforts to put that together. Um, And thank you for your time today. Uh, This has been an awesome conversation. I think we're gonna have to do it again because there's like six or seven things I do wanna talk about, but um, we try to to respect people's attention span. Any parting thoughts as we sign off?
1: I love what you guys are talking about as far as having this free email series. And that's a great way for people to get started. And the thing about government contracting, I learn something new every day. And getting all of those sources together is really a big benefit. So I really thank you for having me on today, Frank, and looking forward to what we put together for GovCon Summit.
0: Absolutely. Us too. And uh, thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of the Public Sector Heroes podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.